Let's keep calm and mother on. Mothering is way too important to do alone and way too serious to be serious all the time. My name is Christy Thomas, and I am here shoulder to shoulder with you, mothering and enjoying life together. This is the podcast where you can focus on being mindful and taking a deep breath with me and learning new things so you can pause and savor the amazing life you already have. Today's guest is Dr. Michelle Borba. She's an internationally recognized educator, award-winning author, and a parenting child expert for solution-based strategies. Okay, I know that sounds like a lot, but here's what I need you to know. She is so practical. Her 25th book, Thrivers, is all about giving you teachable steps of seven character traits to make your kids be able to handle life well. She traveled and listened to kids all around the country and used science to break it down. I am delighted to host her today. I thought that Unselfie would be my last book because these they're, they're, they're just, they take up so much time and energy, but this one was so crucial. And you know who talked me into writing this one? Kids. I started doing interviews of kids across the country when counselors said they're really stressed and they're kind of running on empty. And I said, why? What's going on? So I, I interviewed about 100 of them. And halfway through, I went, oh, this is worse than I thought because they were so perceptive. And they began to tell me what they needed instead of what they were getting. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is exactly matching the science. And kids are so wonderful. So, kids are so wonderful. So yeah. how did you get into this work? You have your PhD in education, right? Yeah, my I started as a special education teacher way back when, which was my, my soul and my wonderfulness. I loved it. And then I taught just about every grade level, had a private practice, got my master's in learning disabilities, a doctorate in educational psychology. That's just yeah. boring stuff. But <laughs> well, along the way, um, I began to get the most amazing opportunities. I was hired by educational people or schools or army to work overseas and all across the US in schools. And every time I did a visit, my eyes and my mind would open and I'd see glorious things that should be replicated. Uh, or I saw very concerning things that needed solutions and practices. But you know, the one commonality was a lot of times people weren't following the science. So they weren't getting the results. And that was why I wrote Thrivers. Let's get everybody a new parenting goal. Thank you. Guide. Yeah, that's based on science, but isn't hard. You don't need a PhD. And you don't need any money to do any of these ideas, but you'll get better results. And in the end, you'll get your kids to be able to thrive without you. So what are the seven things that kids need to thrive? What I did was I looked at first, based on science, mm -hmm. that there's amazing longitudinal studies for like 40, 50 years on the same kids who really were faced with adversity, like extreme poverty or schizophrenic parents or wow. homeless. And about a, th a third of them despite that adversity, made it. They were, I, I got this kind of a kid. That's to me a thriver. Yeah. So then I started looking at five different longitudinal studies and pulled the, what do they have in common? Number one they have in common is a you, a calm mom who loves their kids desperately. So we already That's got That's amazing. That. Yeah, but it's, it is. The highest correlation was the parent who was a caring champion. Okay. But the second was, commonalities of seven traits okay 
in any order, confidence. They they had a self-understanding, um, a thriver thinks who, not what. Okay. Another one was empathy. These kids had social competence. Doesn't mean they were Little Miss Sunshines and had 50,000 friends, but they had a couple of loyal buddies and that social competence helped them. A third one was self-control. They were able to put the brakes on impulses so they could think straight and not get in trouble and keep their mental health problems down. Fourth was integrity. They knew what they stood for. So when they faced an adversity, they got around it. And then came curiosity. I love that one. They were open and more receptive to issues. And here's why. Thrivers think outside of the box. So when a problem comes, they don't, they're not grounded by it. Go, oh gosh, I have to give up. They find a way around it. They problem solve or, or know that they've got some, some There's some backup. options, yeah. Some options. Oh, that's great. And that's teachable. Then comes perseverance. They don't need gold stars to keep on going, but they have the backlog of the motivation. And finally, they have optimism. They're kind of kids who find the silver lining in some tough spots. So there's seven straights. They're all teachable. Uh, And when you say which one matters most, the first one, confidence. Kids who know what their strengths are, that helps them because now they can balance out the rest of the stuff. And you add on the other ones based on what you think your child needs. Okay. So when I asked my community before talking to you today, they said that confidence is the thing they think their kids need the most help with. Yeah. And I think all kids, they're not alone. What I'm finding is that two, and and when I interviewed all of the kids, uh, the commonality was they said they felt empty. By the way, college counselors say the same thing. We're raising the smartest kids on record. Yeah. But they're lonely and they're kind of running on empty. They don't really know who they are because the kids said it was based on pushing them in the direction of what we think they should do. So here's the simple little solution, parents. Moms, it's real easy. You take a three by five card this week, one for each child, and you watch them a little closer without your kid knowing you're watching. What you're looking for is to see when your kid looks energized. What are they doing that gives them that that tone that says, uh, this is exciting, mom. When they're learning a little easier doing that particular thing, when they don't want to pull away. Yeah. Hey, there's a really good movie on the other channel. Mom, I got to finish what I'm doing. Usually what we discover is that's what the child's legitimate strengths are. Now, they could be different from the math and the science they're trying to get better at. But what we now know is that work on resilience says that thrivers have hobbies. There we go. So when they really get stressed, they go to the guitar or they go to their, their, their puzzles or they go to their books or they yeah. go to their woodworking or their knitting. A cool thing you could be doing right now is maybe introducing different hobbies. You're going to discover real instantly which kid likes what. And w- when you don't know the hobby, I didn't know how to knit. So you get great <laughs> aunt Sally to do a Zoom lesson for you. Or you get your, your mom to come in and say, I'll help the kids learn baking. Watch what your kid seems to like. Another really cool thing right now during all of this social distancing, you can get together with some like-minded moms. You already have a fabulous community of them. What you do is you get together with a group of them who have same-aged kids and maybe do a little five-member team who all is going to learn the same hobby together. All these kids like want to learn how to knit. All these kids want to learn violin. Find out what their shared passion is or drawing. 
maybe one of the moms is really good at that particular. Yep. I'll teach you how to draw and you can help each other. Totally. This has happened organically on my street in the past week or so, oh, Michelle. Cool. Um, cool. My husband loves lemon meringue pie and I can't bake with flour because I'm allergic. So my neighbor took my kids over so she could teach them how to make a pie crust and they all got excited and got fed into like the kid that was super passionate. The mom was like, she can come over once a week and we'll bake something. Oh, I love that. See, that's what we should be doing. We should be shrinking the village. So we've got more of us knowing and helping each other raise our kids. Yeah. We're lonely. You know who that helps too? You. Us. It helps yeah. you. Yeah. Right? She, she only has a son. So she's loving having these teenage oh. girls come over that are totally different than what she normally has. So. Oh, I love that. And that's exactly what we do. Reach out to each other and say, here's my one thing I know how to do. Maybe it's even cleaning a closet. Who knows? Exactly. Something. something. There will be something. You have something yeah. that lights you up. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah test exactly. scores and AP classes, those aren't the benchmark for success for a kid. Yeah, what we have discovered is they really aren't because... I think what we've been doing, and again, in all fairness, because I don't want anybody to feel guilty. For Pete's sakes, we love our kids desperately. We, we do. We just succeed. want them oh, to succeed. Wait. We want them to get into the college. We want them to do better than us, sure, right? Like, and what we discovered something, they get into college, and the number one time our kids are most likely to drop out is end of freshman year, first semester of college. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we all want to, the word I keep hearing over and over and over as we're a year into this pandemic stress is resilience for our kids yeah is yeah. resilience something like you can turn on and off is it a one thing skill oh i love that big big myth about resilience yeah but let's learn what the myths are then we can bust them and then we can do something about yeah it. because i that feel so lost with it right now yeah oh and, and it's exactly what everybody wants so that's what drivers is was taking all of the work on resilience Trait number one, of uh, mistakes number one, yeah. is that it's one trait. It's just one trait. We teach them that one thing. No. Resilience is made up of several traits. Your kids may be strong in some of these. Other kids are strong in others of these. But the traits create what's called protective buffers. So when the adversity comes, they've got something to backlog on. Like, I know that deep breath, or I know I can tell myself one, two, or I know how to problem solve something. Each one of these is a protective buffer. Okay. The second thing is it's locked into IQ or DNA. Nope, 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 nope. It's not locked. It's teachable. Third is a temperament that I got one kid and he's really Mr. Mr. Sunshine kind of a kid. Yeah. No, it can be an introvert or an extrovert. It matters. Not and we're not it. born a thriver and we're not born resilient, no. right? Like no. these are all skills that we actually have to learn. Yes. And thrivers are made, not born. Thrivers are made, not born. So that means, mom, we've got a lot of power. We can start teaching them. And what we want to do, uh, says one kid, <laughs> yeah. teen again, teens again. Teens are the best. Oh, they are. So he said, you got to give us a repertoire of stuff. You know, that mindfulness works for some kids. Meditation works for others. Don't go give it a koosh ball. We can't go walking around with a koosh ball. But <laughs> give us stuff we can use in the moment. And then he says, you got to make us practice it over and over and over and over till we can do it without you. Yep. Too often we try to practice this stuff when the kid's in the middle of a meltdown. They're not going to be listening to you. 
Yeah. In cognitive distress. So you find calm little moments. And maybe another idea that's real simple. Each one of these is like minute or three minutes of practice daily. The more you practice, it becomes a habit. But maybe you set your cell phone for like 10 o'clock every day or five o'clock every day. Or remind your most verbal kid to be your reminder. They never let you down. You might have a, a Google or an Alexa, the program too. That, There's a good idea. That my kids have set different alarms for me on those devices. Like, don't forget snack time. Because there was like a months at a time that like everyone was getting too hungry in the afternoon. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, another idea that moms, I was working in Ramstein, what they were doing yeah. is they were um, creating a, a quad of moms yeah. who were coming up with like a one-two breath. Yeah. And then they were doing is getting their kids to learn it. And then the kids were supposedly teaching it to them and the families. And the mothers <laughs> had already learned it, but they weren't given on in. You know? yeah. There's another idea. When you get your kids involved in the process, um, some schools are doing so many of these. I, I saw on the basis, there really are. Yeah. But it gets locked so that the school and the home aren't working as enough together, which is Correct. a tragedy. Yeah. Look on your kid's website. Look when the homework comes home. If they're doing some kind of an activity, then do it at home as well because your kid is far more likely to learn it if he practices and practices it. I love that the kid said the teenager wanted the parents to practice with him. Like that there there needed to be so much repetition. Like as I think about how long it takes to learn something, it takes forever, it seems like, to get a multiplication fact down. But we don't do any of that for this. Oh, I love that. Same with violin and same with soccer. Yeah. Anything. We exercise everything but this. And you know, in all don't tell don't tell the mother of the kid. Yeah. But the kid actually knew his mother needed it. (laughs) His way of saying, Well, let me teach this to you. But of course, of course the kid does, right? Like they know all my buttons. So they know my weak points. Yeah, exactly. What would you tell a parent who wants to help their kid first be more confident? Uh, Don't tell them I want you to be more confident. That goes over like a little (laughs) balloon. That's the first thing. Be subtle. Second of all, um, I learned this with with, uh, one child I had. Let me give you this child in my classroom. In my special ed, he had no confidence zero level and he disguised every strength he actually had his name was michael and i remember him i was just haunted with he's never going to be able to thrive unless he knows what his he's he's got something to backlog one day he forgot to cover up that he was artistic usually i'd stand behind him and watch and he wasn't covering it now Uh at that point here's my red flag be careful because if you praise the child who's Mm -hmm. really low in confidence chances are he's going to rip it up or say i'm not so you've got to be, again, subtle and slow. And what I what I did instead was slowly got, start giving him a little more ink materials or paper and pencil materials, putting a little art crafts activity in front of him. I, I asked another parent who was really good at art, I'm not, to come in and do some lessons with the yeah. kids, not, not pinpointing him. And then one day you saw his joy. You saw his joy because he was drawing and he was good. And I quietly asked him if I could put it on the bullet board. I always ask permission. Ask yourself, have you photographed your child doing the art? Have you framed it somewhere so he can see it? Yeah. Well, what happened was textbook perfect that I wasn't prepared for. His other classmates gathered around and said, oh, my gosh, Michael, you're really artistic. And that was the moment 
he started smiling a little more, shining a little more, drew a little more. Now, here's my other takeaway. I then connected with his parents and said, I've discovered something about your kid and connected with other teachers who saw him and said, you got to let this kid shine. He kept growing and growing and growing until he finally left my class. And then you wonder what the heck happened to him. Mm -hmm. I know he won a couple of art competitions, but here's my amazing moment as a teacher. If I, this is the one thing I did right. I got a letter back from him years later. He said, I've been meaning to thank you, Mrs. Borba. I hope you're okay. But I'm meaning to thank you for putting my art on the bulletin board. That was the one moment that I felt really like I was a different person. And he said, that moment changed my life. Go figure. He said, I wanted you to know I graduated from high school, which shocked me because I never thought he would. Yeah. I graduated. He was that at risk. I also graduated from college. Really shocked me. I almost fell to the ground, he said. But I wanted you to know what I'm doing now. I followed my joy. I'm working at, I'm not going to tell you the the studio, but it's extremely (laughs) well-known as an animator in this particular studio. And I'm working on this particular movie that you have seen. Wow. I love it. And I went, there you go. It always doesn't turn out that way, but I cried the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you did, but... But takeaway number one, watch a little closer. Yeah. Number two, be subtle in your praise. Number three, start with not, oh, how wonderfully artistic you are, but (laughs) God, I noticed I saw this about you or I heard your teacher say, uh, give them a little more opportunities to shine and it gradually starts to stretch the strength. So it sounds like we should just show observation statements and like take notice, not layer praise, like don't say... Don't overwhelm them and flood them out. The overwhelming and flooding them out with a kid who's low in confidence, they don't buy into it. A child who's high in confidence says, yeah, I know. You want to see another one? (laughs) (laughs) They've got it. But it doesn't mean you stop there. You just keep adding. The only thing else is that very often I warn you that the strengths are very different than what you love or what you think. Um, I remember talking to a dad when I was writing confidence and he said, oh, I got one for you. My middle school kid loves wolves. Now, go figure, wolves. I figured he's got to be something weird about him. And he even dreams about wolves. Oh, my god! And I thought there was something bizarre. But I finally said, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. And I found a, a trip to Yellowstone Park. I always plan one individual trip yeah. sometime in my lifetime with the kid. I also helped him so he would meet the park ranger at Yellowstone. And then I sat there with my mouth open because he and the park ranger were talking about wolves. My kid was politely correcting him about certain kinds of wolves. I discovered this kid is not heading to law, which is I wanted him to be. <laughs> he was certainly heading to biology, which is where I'm now going to prime him because that was his love. That was his joy. And I had no idea how gifted he was in that area until I decided to tune in a little more. That's amazing. Yeah. So if a parent wants to tune in, is the easiest way to just stay in the space with our kids and to yeah, be a little a bit little rushed and off our phone and just more? All of our kids say that's what they like about us anyway. They like us less rushed, more patient. Just one kid said, just be there. Yeah. Just be there. Be like a noun, not a verb. <laughs> what does that mean? It goes, you know, all that stuff you guys do, 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 do. Don't oh, do that. Gosh. Just be the noun. 
kids are just like what a zinger we need these kids on my podcast (laughs) you do you should have a group of kids on a podcast they never let you down particularly (laughs) if they know they can say anything they want you give them voice wow particularly they they're letting you you're not the mom right that's true yeah if it's not my kids i'm sure we'll get some real ones yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so do you have any tips of how parents can be nouns more? Like a busy mom, that's a lot to, like, she's burnt out, so, or she's stressed out. And well, first to be of all, that we, noun takes a lot of, all, of effort. Yeah, oh, it does. But first of all, we are verbs by nature because we're moms. Okay, yeah. and we are busy because we got to do this, 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 uh-huh. this, this. Okay, so when are you the noun? Just when you're with your child. And if you just put that into my agenda when I'm with my child, I'm just going to sit a little more and just take a breath and be there. In fact, some some parents say, um, because we know that our, so many of our kids are struggling right now. Yeah. The anxiety and the stress is really up. And I asked some kids, what are the best things to tell, even a teen, that's a hard age. Mm-hmm. What are some things to say? And they said, don't say a thing. Sometimes you don't say the right thing. <laughs> if you're good at saying stuff and we like that, go ahead. But Sometimes the best thing you can do is just sit with us and be there. Give us a back rub or just say, I'm always here for you. Just because we radiate from you or our stress builds down to us. Yeah. So if you're less stressed, we're not so likely to catch it. That co-regulation that we we don't give it enough credit. I love that term. We know that we co-regulate little kids, right? When they fall and then they look at us to see if we're freaked out. But we forget that as they grow up. Yes, we do. And I love that term, but that's exactly what it is. I, you know what? The, the whole of all of this is we're going to be talking a lot of, lot of ideas. So uh-huh. don't go to all of them. But the goal is, as you're going through Thrivers, find the one thing or find your one need and yeah. say, I'm good. that's where I'm going to start with that. Then what you do is you put a post-it note on your mirror and saying, that's what I'm starting with. And you keep doing the same thing over it. finally kicks in for a habit for you as well as your child. You know that they've done um, an amazing study in the American Psychological Association with the top of the top of looking through thousands of research on what makes a good parent. Okay. And they finally came down with only 10 things. So what's number one? We already got it. It's I love my child dearly or I respect who Uh my kid is. Is that warmth? Okay. Number two on the list had nothing to do with the child. It had to do with us. We manage stress because our stress mirrors down to the child. So if we're a little calmer, it'll help our child. One mom says, I don't know how to do that. I am so stressed and rightly so. She had so much on her plate. So I said, here's what you do. You get yourself a good supply of water and magazines and you put it in your bathroom. and, And the moment you feel it, just go lock yourself in the bathroom and say, I just need some space. They won't know what you're really doing in there. Mm-hmm. Just like, I need some space. You can also come up with a signal in your own home. Yep. And the signal is just a calm down signal. This is what it looks like. The minute I see that, it means no verbiage, no verbiage at all. Just go like this. And what it means to the child is, I need space. Yeah. Kids are verbal. And if you start going back with them, you'll get into a, and then there's no take back. There the is tip for tat so fast. Yeah. But you know what? Your kid is also allowed to give that that timeout signal to you. Absolutely. I need space. And what a gift. If yeah. I were to learn that at that young of age, how to calm down and regulate stress. What a, 
amazing generation of kids. You're nervous about this generation of kids, right? I am. I'm really concerned because if one in five kids prior to the pandemic was already facing with a mental health disorder, that means right now it's one in four, says the CDC. We're looking at, let's get really clear and let's just have a reality check. We're looking at the CDC, which has some pretty darn good stats. We're looking at what happened three months ago and that they said, compare this compared to a five to 11 year olds Mm -hmm. versus last year, right now, five to 11 year olds had a 25% increase going to uh, ER visits Mm -hmm. for anxiety and stress than last year. But 12 to 17 year olds had a 31% increase for anxiety, depression, and suicidology. It only increases it all. And we got to get a handle on it. We also, one simple little thing besides the calm down signal you can do in your home, when you know that your kid is starting to get anxious, you can also come up with a signal. We do this in hospitals where a doctor will say on a scale of zero to seven, how bad is the pain? Oh, yeah. Okay, you can do the same thing with your kids on a scale of zero to ten. How bad is your stress or how, how angry are you feeling or how... Give your kid permission to feel. They don't have to say anything, but they just can put up, you know, a zero is a cloud going by and I can be asleep. A 10 is I'm ready to erupt as a volcano. But if you create that as your child, you can do the same thing. You can use that as a family. And then you can do one other little thing that's really fun. Yeah. Tonight, create a calm down corner in your house that everybody can use and watch what your kids choose to put in the calm down corner. Don't buy anything. But yeah. it could be pillows or beanbag chairs, and it could be in the kids' room or the dining room or in a corner, wherever. Mm-hmm. But the second thing is, what do we need to put there in case we're really stressed? Some kids will say glitter jars. Yeah. One teen, a 14-year-old, said music. I said, what kind of music? She says, Mozart. It really soothes me. I load it on my phone. Does your kid have that on their phone? Some kids have apps that are mindfulness apps or yep. deep breathing apps. Some kids, they say books, books. Or bubble blowers, or I don't care what it is. Yeah, we've got what sketch pads in ours. Sketch pads are fabulous. Arts are fabulous. Journals. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the kids I'm talking to say they they write out their anger. Yeah. So you put them all, but then you say which one do you want to use, yeah. and you're trying to get your habit, your child into the habit of using that. Fantastic. These are really good things because I know that, like everyone is feeling this. And if we're feeling it and the stats are saying our kids are feeling it more than last year. Uh, Clearly, it's it's going up. And I think there's a we're we're in a trifecta of what's causing the stress. And rightly so. Stress builds in uncertainty. Are you feeling this is an uncertain (laughs) time? Stress builds in loneliness. Are you feeling a little lonelier? Stress builds when you're worried about finances and how my kid is doing. Are you feeling that? It's this trifling altogether. Like, you know, it's not one thing, it's multiple. And it's when not just it, one of us, it's all of us. All of us are feeling the same thing. So you're reading off of the other person. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. We now know it is. Yeah. Uh, you can tell your kids it's like an intermission. We're just yep. taking an intermission. It'll get through. Yeah. And for the little goes, it is never over. And there are some teens that go, this is like, it's never going to be over. We're all going to die. <laughs> Then you say, okay, then let's study something. Let's study the Spanish flu or let's study polio or let's look at Ebola. Some kids have that history buff or that science yeah. buff. You can put the crisis in perspective. Yeah, we just checked out some books about vaccines Perfect. from the library a couple weeks ago because Perfect. they were like, we need to learn more about this. Like, why are some people freaking out about the vaccine? Why, 
when's going to be my turn? That sort of thing. So I love that you did that because you're opening up the curiosity with number yeah, number five. Exactly. <laughs> and you're helping the optimism number seven. There's your multiplier effect, two to two. So what is the multiplier effect? It's when you combine those characteristics combine and thrivers? What we do know are the highly correlated strengths. So the first thing I know parents are going to say is, do I have to teach them all? It's a rare kid who's got them all. Let me tell you. Okay, no. so that's a like a phew moment yeah, there. Yeah, phew. <laughs> I hope there's a lot of phew moments because otherwise we're all going to get <laughs> guilt-ridden and stressed out. No, the goal is to make this doable. Your child does need these, but yeah. you got to figure out which your child needs the most. Okay. I would say along the way, and some of these are going to be an entire parenting cast because now you're parenting for the long haul. Yeah. This isn't going to be this month he's going to learn it. You're yeah. parenting for the long haul. But whenever your child has one of these strengths, like I would say, please start working on self-control because yeah. every kid needs it. But work on, on number three. And if he's already got self-confidence, you put the two together, it multiplies both of them so they become like superpowers. They amplify the impact. For instance, every parent is now asking me, why isn't my kid more motivated? Why is he hit <laughs> the COVID wall? That's perseverance. And number yeah. six, I said... Because you can't use perseverance by itself. Yeah. If your focusing ability isn't there, your stress level is high, your attention span goes, it's real hard to say, keep working on that project, sweetie pie. He needs the two to go together. Yeah. Sleep, by the way, is at a depletion mode. We now know last week. In fact, our, our kids who have been social distanced yeah. actually are, have lower levels of sleep. They're not sleeping as well as they did since huh. the CDC. They're shocked because at the beginning of this, we thought they were. Right, yeah. Now all of a sudden, apparently they're going to bed on a regular basis, but they're not sleeping as well as they did before. So That's watch so the interesting. drinks. Watch the turning off any kind of, the, um, any kind of a, a digital device. Right. At least a half an hour because those blue lights impact yep. you as well, Mom. The, Abs the blue yeah. lights impact us. Um, stick to a regular schedule and watch out for the scary, scary, scary news right before you go to bed because that's going to haunt yeah. you the rest of your life. Turn yeah. it off. Yeah, turn it off. Turn off the Wi-Fi if, that, if your kids need that from you. Yeah you, yeah, you know what? Turn off the things you have power and control over. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. You forget <laughs> that. You do pay the bill, so why not? Exactly. We have a timer that our Wi-Fi turns off at midnight because I, when my husband's gone, he deploys, right, that I'll find myself at 2 a.m. And I know that's a bad habit of looking stuff up or trying to watch TV then instead of falling back asleep. So. Okay. You know what? Gold stars to you because what you just did was a thriver trait, and that is you identified a problem. Okay. And that was the Wi-Fi yeah. or lack of sleep and yeah. my anxieties goes up. And you found a simple little solution for it. It turned it off at midnight and you made it regular. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just the thing that like people know our Wi-Fi and we even backed it up is the longer the pandemic goes on. So at like 1130 now or 11, it turns off. And it's just the family rule, like even the grownups across the board, everyone. You know, we forget that simple little changes can really make big differences. Your kids will push back on oh, that. Oh, yeah, so they you do. Don't do. the whole thing. But, you know, I mean, you know, and in addition, we're going to, you know, glue the car keys to the wall <laughs> and do something else. But one thing at a time, yeah. make it regular until everybody buys into it or knows it's serious. Yeah. 
you can figure out what's the next thing that's going to help your kids thrive along the way. You know your kid better than anybody else. So that's what you use for the parameters. Safety first and what's going to help your kid. That's fantastic. So if a parent wants to do something right now, is there one simple step they can do? I mean, you've given so many already. If you could end with one more simple tip. Well, I think the simple tip is is just saying I'm going to add this to my agenda. Yep. Because you don't change unless you have a intentional, yeah. I'm going to do it plan. You And here's another thing that's amazing. Groups of moms. University of Santa Cruz found that if a mom comes up with a goal, like I'm going to intentionally raise a thriver, and they just write it down, yep. and then they go tell one other mom, chances are you will optimally be more successful because the other mom will keep calling you and asking you, did you do it? And you'll feel guilty <laughs> if you don't. It's amazing yeah. how women can support each other by asking one another. I'd get a little group of a couple other moms together. You know, there's a book club guide in the back of Thrivers. Yeah. Maybe start reading that together. But don't go getting yourself overwhelmed with right. it all. Maybe it's, I'm going to go to page 34 and I'm going to do that one, three, one, two breathing. You try it too. Let's do it together. And that's how Keep we Keep it really board. simple and Keep actionable. Simple, and that's how you do it. And I love that you said the practice session should be like three minutes. Like yeah. super short. We're not yeah. adding ex like tons of extra stuff. Like... This is the type of thing you can add in your commute if you're picking your kids up or driving in between things with them. Exactly. Or first thing in the car. Yeah. Get in the car. Let's take a one-two exactly. breath. Right before you go to school, let's take the one-two breath. Find a regular routine. What we do know is you know uncertainty uh -huh. boosts stress. Routines and rituals reduce it. So... Build in a couple of simple little everyday rituals or routines that's going to help your family thrive. Whatever that is, you figure it out. But if you build it in, that's the optimum. Well, I have two more questions for you. Oh, At good. the end I'm of every up. episode, I end with two things. So the first one is, do you have an idea for self-care that a mom can do that's simple or small or something oh, that you do yes. for self-care? Yeah, but I'm going to say something that you weren't prepared for. Every Good. mother, right this minute, stop and think, you know, when you were a kid or when this was all done, what did you do that helped? Because too often we say, go take the bubble bath. Or too often we say, go take a walk. You have to figure out what works for you. So your question to yourself is what worked before that I'm not doing right now and start <laughs> adding that to your plate. Wow, it's that's a good one. Yeah, I, it just, I, I find that too, even we try to simplify this thing or we just try to blanket it by, here's what you should be doing. No, it's what works for you. And you're just not adding it to the plate for yourself because we've kind of put ourselves, moms, on the back burner. Yep. And this is the moment we need to put ourselves up. And you can also, by the way, do it with your kid. Oh, yeah. So if hiking works, then do it with your kid. If shooting baskets work, do it with your kid. If it, listening to um, music, do it with your kid. I had a 14-year-old that I, you know, the one who said she yeah. loved Mozart. I said, okay, so what do you do when you do something well? She says, oh, I got this one. Because your generation, speaking to me, is better music than ours because you guys have left, less beats. So it makes <laughs> us relax. I said, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> so what helps you? She says, Elton John, I crack up crank up i'm still standing and i start pulsing around the the house elton john that's what works for me and i'm going okay find the music that cranks you up and maybe it's dancing with your kids yeah find it start doing it 
Fantastic. I love that. Okay, so the last question is a family connection or play idea. Like, how did you play as a family? Or do you have a simple idea? Uh, yeah. The best one that my kids will still tell you to this day was their best memory, and it was a fluke. Best ideas are always a fluke. And then when you see that <laughs> they work, you keep doing it? Yes. Okay, everybody was a little edgy, and I didn't know what to do. So I took a sheet that was in the laundry room, ready to get... Uh -huh. Threw it over our kitchen table, put some flashlights in it, a couple pillows, and I said, "Everybody in! It's a floor. It's a reading fort." <gasps> they loved it so much. One kid grabbed the dog that they kept saying, "Are we going to do it again and again and again?" And we started doing it almost every night when the kids were little. And I think reading forts are the best ideas now. You can read out loud to your kids, yes. or you can have them read by themselves. You can also do it a music fort, so everybody listens to their own music together. The best thing is have the kids fall asleep. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's, like it's just the time to just veg, but we always did it at the same time at 7 o'clock. And it became also a calm-down ritual before you go to bed. Yeah. Well, that is amazing. I love that one. I love that it's the fluke. Like Yeah. Yeah. Just just flukes. They remember those. And the key parent is you're going to do some of these stuff. And all of a sudden you're going to go, God, that was stupid. Or wow, they seem to like it. <laughs> yep. So you do it again and again and again. And then it becomes the family ritual. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Where do you want people to find you online? Oh, thanks. Well, Michelle Borba is my website. I'm a 1L Michelle and Borba rhymes with Zorba. So it's Michelle Borba. <laughs> and uh, there's lots of things. In fact, there's an educator discussion guide because I'm trying to get schools involved in yep. this. Free, everything's free downloadables. Take what you need, but let's just start getting together so we can raise up a generation of strong kids who are thrivers. Excellent. Thank you so much for your work. And yeah, let's raise stronger kids together. Thank you. If you are inspired now to read the book Thrivers by Dr. Michelle Borba, I have a treat for you. I have created a one-of-a-kind community called Finish the Book, where we're going to slowly read this book over the next three months. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to send you text messages so that you don't forget what you're reading. Because, as she said, moms do better when they share their goals with other moms. So let's finish the book. Let's read the book. And do what the book says. Let's try it out. Life is too awesome to be stuck in old patterns. You don't have to go to bed at night feeling frustrated about motherhood. I already know that you're exactly the right mom for your kids. So let's read this book together and help you remember when you go to bed all the things that went right during the day. Let's turn our kids into thrivers and help ourselves become one too. All you need to do is go to motheron.teachable.com to find all of the details. There is a sale going on, a flash sale, a beginning opening sale until April 5th. After that, the price goes up and the doors close at the end of the month of April. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. I am so glad that you're here and that we're building this community one episode at a time. You matter to me, and I hope you have an amazing day. <laughs>